1: creators launch and market their products with email marketing.
0: Yes. Okay. So email marketing is the big topic today. And if you didn't already know and listen to it, Jeff has been here before, but we were talking in that ta- in that episode about why email marketing is good for law firms and whatever. But now we're going to get more specific and we're going to talk about retention and the title for the show that is so catchy, and thank you, ChatGPT, is email marketing for retention, keeping your clients close. So the reason this one I think is going to be great, and I mentioned this to Jeff before we started, is because so many firms, so many of you listening, think that your entire marketing strategy is referrals. And that's great, and that's fine, and that's wonderful if you are getting your name out there, and your reputation is being built, and everybody kind of knows you're the person for whatever your thing is. But that's not a marketing strategy. So we're going to talk to you about how to nurture that, how to have a system around that, how to make that work better, so that you can depend on it, so that it makes sense, and there's a system. So let's let's dig into it, Jeff. Let's let's talk about this.
1: <laughs> let's do it. Let's yeah. start
0: first about. about why is, just kind of building your entire firm on referrals, why is that not a marketing strategy?
1: <laughs> well, you know, I think it is it's it is a good marketing strategy. I, I always tell people that the cheapest and easiest marketing is your customer base. Um, yeah. If you deliver extraordinary experiences to them, and you know, you, you I guess, help them be advocates for you and again take really good care of them they will advocate for you and it's cheap and free marketing it really is so i don't want to discount the fact that referrals are good like my business is built primarily on referrals right now yeah it's a good thing but it's scary because if those referrals go away you don't have a process for you know attracting nurturing and converting people you know on your own, right? So I I think with any kind of marketing strategy, you know, it's or any kind of way to drive business to your business, it's good to have multiple avenues, you know, referrals is one, you know, your own content system is one, even, you know, ads might be another one, like, there's a lot of different ways that you can generate business, referrals is, is just one.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's a, it seems like a healthy, balanced approach, too, because at any given moment, something might be working, and then all of a sudden, like you said, it takes a dive. Something changes. The Google algorithm changes. That referral source just finds a new friend and decides to start sending things that way. I mean, there's so many variables in just putting all your eggs in one basket. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Like It just doesn't feel safe
1: well i've lived it i mean this time yeah. last year i'd built my business i've been working for myself for about 4 years now and i'd built my business for the first few years primarily on white label partnerships which meant that i just partnered up with with marketing agencies and you know i would do some email copywriting for them and for their clients and things were going great for a while i had you know multiple agency partners that were feeding me work and i didn't have to do anything to get those leads and so basically it was like a referral Type business, and then last year around July August, that dried up, and none of them had work for me, and so, and I had nothing in the pipeline. I had no sales process. I had no content system of my own. I had nothing else to, really, kind of lean on and supplement that. So, right, that really, you know, exposed for me at a very very low point the need to kind of diversify the business model a little bit.
0: Right to drink your. Drink your own Kool Aid, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. 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 So let's talk through that because I feel like, you know, a lot of times it's not any- necessarily anything you're doing wrong. Like, you know, like we said, there could be so many different reasons, but a lot of times it's also the economy. And the economy mm-hmm. is always going to be a roller coaster. There's always going to be ups and downs. And depending on what industry and where your clients are, there's going to be peaks and valleys. So, what is your plan for kind of Pushing your, yourself and your company through this valley.
1: Yeah. Well, to be clear, I'm not really in that valley now. That was this time last okay. year.
0: Okay. Um, so, so let's this pretend year, like it's yeah. last year.
1: <laughs> this time, Okay, yeah. Well, I had, at that point, I had to totally redo my business model because I had no audience. I had no content of my own, really. And I just kind of worked in a silo all the time. Like, I was just a okay. freelance copywriter. I would just work, you know, and, you know, do my work, do my, you know, copywriting, and then, you know, had nothing else to do. Yeah. since I have totally shifted my business model so that now you know I focus primarily on teaching on social media and growing an audience and kind of nurturing my own audience that way and that yeah. drives a lot of inbound leads a lot of inbound you know traffic to you know my offers a lot of people who who now want to work with me and also some referrals because I've you know done a lot of good work for people.
0: So to go back, about a year ago, you, your white label partners kind of dry up and you realize that you kind of need to pivot, right? Or at least add more layers in your approach, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. so so what was the first thing that you did?
1: I hired a coach.
0: Oh, fascinating. Okay, yeah. so I am a firm believer in that, oh. if you find the right one. You know, that's, that's yes. the the most important piece is <laughs> yes, kind of finding yeah. the right person who's going to really take a hard look and tell you where the missing pieces are.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So that was actually a little bit different too, because I, I hired a coach again to really help. Like I basically tore my business to the ground yeah. and rebuilt it. It it was, yeah. it was, there were a lot of problems that were deeper than just diversifying my lead sources. Right. Sure. So I she helped me like really basically rebuild my business model, reposition myself in the market because nice. you know, you know, an email copywriter just is not gonna fly because there are thousands of them out there. So right. she helped me do that, helped me create an offer and helped me start thinking through, you know, ways to start generating my own leads after that. So
0: Okay. All right. So I feel like there's a lesson there though, too, is to take a step back and before you start going gangbusters on any kind of content plan or strategy or system or whatever um, making sure that you have a really solid positioning and message before you do any of that because otherwise you're just you're shooting yourself in the foot like that doesn't make any sense so it sounds like first you took that step back repositioned had some good messaging in place and then and then what did you do?
1: Yeah. So then we created an offer because, you know, she would ask me like, you know, okay, so what are your offers? How do you work with people? And i say, well, it depends on this and, you know, yeah. depends on this audience and this and this and this. And she was like, yes. okay, you like, we need, you need to have like one thing, like yep. one thing that you do for people. And I realized it's a little bit different for, you know, me maybe than the people listening to this audience, but I needed at the very minimum to be able to clearly articulate Exactly what it is that I do, how much it costs, and who it's for, and what it yeah. what it does for them, right? Yeah. And so for the I media I feel like that's for-
0: not t- totally different for law firms. Just to jump in for a second, because yeah. um, they're they're typically sometimes even if you have a handful of practice areas, and but there's typically one main area that is the bread and butter that is the one that you're really aiming to promote and so maybe there's two main areas but one is the one that you're like really focusing on on promoting and you know that that's where you need to get those leads that's the one that you lead with so even if there's secondary things and other offers and other services that you offer that comes in later and you don't need to You know, you don't need to say, and I do this, and I do that, and, you know, it's like, forget it. Let's lead with this main thing, figure out your main offer, and then they'll figure that other stuff out. And they'll realize that there's other things that you do as well, but it's not that it's not that far removed from law firms and nailing that and honing down to like what is your main offer? Are you a DUI lawyer? And then yeah, you do some other criminal defense stuff and whatever, but the main bread and butter that is coming into your firm on a daily ba- basis are these people needing help with their DUIs. So let's lead with that. You know, go crazy with that as your offer and and start with that.
1: Yeah, I mean look, I believe that the riches are in the niches. I mean, I niche yes. down super narrow in what I do. Um, I went from just being, you know, an email marketing guy to I write welcome sequences for solopreneurs, right? Yeah. So, and and as a result of doing that, my business exploded. So I'm always a bit a big believer in going as as narrow as you can. The pond is yeah. always big enough. And the big yeah. reason why is because if you talk about every everything and you try to do everything, nobody's going to remember you. Right. Right. You're just going to be another face in the crowd. So, which is funny because, you know, on social media, like, Twitter is kind of my, you know, my main thing It's where, you know, I have the biggest audience and have, you know, uh, gotten the most business from when I was positioning myself there as an email marketing strategist or email marketing copywriter, I can't even remember, but it was super generic and super vague. Nobody, nobody ever like. Talk to me about it. Nobody was ever yeah. like, Oh, that's so that's interesting. Like, let's yeah. let's have a conversation about, about it. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. But as soon as I started positioning myself as like the welcome sequences guy, everybody yeah. was like, Oh, that's fascinating. Why are you right. the welcome? Like, what's so different about your welcome sequences? Like, yes. why do I need a welcome? Like, what is what is this all about? Yeah. You know? Yeah Oh, I need a welcome sequence. Can you help me with that? You know? Right. Um Do you so think it's- that's
0: because people assume they know what email marketing is, and they know what you're doing, if it's that broad and generic, like, oh, I'm a doctor, I could do this, I could do that, you know, and everybody's like, oh, I know what a doctor is. But if they're like, I only work on left kidneys, and they're like, what? <laughs> that is weird. Why don't you do the right kidneys? Like, it creates questions. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Specifici- specificity always gets attention and creates yeah. a little bit of curiosity
0: yes yeah and then they're like and then once they start thinking it through they're like oh wait maybe i need that thing maybe my yeah. left kidney is a problem
1: <laughs> maybe yeah. and i maybe think maybe that I need a need lot you look of at
0: my left kidney
1: <laughs> that's right yeah i think a lot of it too is that there are a lot of people saying the same things especially from yes doctors. good grief yes. like there. are I mean, you stood out immediately to me, Karen, because yeah. you, you know, focus on working with attorneys. I don't know any yeah. other marketers who work specifically with attorneys, right? And yeah. so yeah. immediately, like, you stood out to me there. So I, I think that in, in when, you, especially when you're trying to compete in a very sophisticated market where, where people are really skeptical – because yeah. there are a lot of you saying the same things and promising a lot of, you know, making a lot of big promises. The, yeah. the, the easiest way to stand out is to just get really specific in, in who you serve or what you do
0: yes okay so now let's say that you kind of you went out you created this specific offer around more welcome sequences and all that so let's talk about the content system and how that works for retention because i really believe that this is the answer to everyone who thinks that referrals are their entire marketing system and you know that's fine and neither one of us is here to say that you shouldn't have referrals that's super important but then what are you doing with your referrals what are you doing with that your whole do you have a system around that and if not you should because you need to take they're like little gold nuggets and if you're not taking care of them and reminding them and all of that stuff you're losing out so what's your recommendation in where to start and what's involved in like a content system for this Okay. And then, like, yeah. how to figure out which one is is the okay. right one for you?
1: Okay, so yeah, the the biggest mistake I think that a lot of marketers make, especially when it comes to email marketing, is that they stop marketing at the point of purchase, and yeah. this comes for refer or goes for referrals. It goes for inbound leads. It goes for out- like whatever. It doesn't matter who they came from. Most marketers will will stop marketing at the point of purchase, and yeah. now granted, the point of purchase
0: for a law firm is most likely. Are you saying kind of the initial point of purchase that would be like they convert that client and they sign a contract or is become, that more like the 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 case is closed?
1: When so no when somebody becomes a customer.
0: Okay. All right. So they've so, they've called and they've signed a contract.
1: Yes, yeah. Okay. So m- most people will stop marketing then, right? Like all right, good, we hooked them. We did our yes. job. Like yep. cool. All right, now Done. let's get more of them, right? But as I said earlier, what if you could what if you could take such extraordinary care of those people and turn them into raving fans so that anytime, time an opportunity comes up, they tell somebody else about you, right? Or, you know, they're just waiting for you to buy the next – waiting for the next time they can spend money with you or, you know, yeah. whatever. That's, like, the opportunity that you're missing if you're not taking care of these people long term. Right. If you're not staying in front of them, if you're not continuing to nurture them and and place opportunities in front in front of them and educate them and all these sorts of things. Right. So, yeah, that's the difference in creating customers and creating loyal fans.
0: Yeah. Okay. so how do you recommend doing that? I mean, I have some ideas of the way we do this, but and, and I also think that the most common answer for most law firms is they assume everyone is reading their blog. So, and you and I both know (laughs) that's not happening. (laughs) Like the people reading the blog are at a different stage in that decision process. And we can come back to that. I think that's kind of the next phase about what we're talking about. But why is the blog not the place to, first of all, assume that your current or past clients are spending any time there? And what's a better approach to that?
1: I can't really speak to whether a blog does or doesn't work. I can tell you that I don't read any blogs anymore. So, you know, take that for what you will. But I do know that newsletters are very, very powerful these days. Yeah. And yeah. in my opinion, we're just at the beginning of the kind of newsletter economy, if you, if you will. And if, if your first thought with a newsletter was something to the effect of a company bulletin board then you've got it all wrong. Yes. The newsletter that I'm talking about now uh, that is really, really a powerful marketing asset is more of a thought leadership newsletter where, and it's, it's also kind of a lead magnet. It attracts, it attracts people. So yeah, the premise is again, it's a thought leadership newsletter. So it's primarily meant for educational purposes, helpful purposes. You identify a, an ideal target audience, you identify what it is that they want to learn or what it is that they truly want to know or overcome or achieve and every week or every other week or every month, however, whatever cadence you decide to, to choose, you send out a newsletter that teaches, you know, solves a problem or teaches them something or, you know, helps them move closer towards that goal. Meanwhile, yeah. it's an opportunity for you to continue to put relevant offers in front of them on a consistent yeah. basis. But you're, you're leading with, with value and being helpful and trust and that sort of thing. For example, I have a weekly newsletter about email marketing. I teach people how to do email marketing every single week and I, and I give them really, really good stuff. Like I teach them, I break down you know how I did things with clients step by step. Yeah. I tell them specifically how to do things, right? And I still, you know, will put relevant offers in there and say, you know, hey, if you want to take this step two, check it out, you know, here's, yeah. here's how I can help you. So that and is ideally, your... Ideally,
0: sorry to jump in, but ideally what happens there is that someone looks at it and and thinks they really know what they're talking about in terms of exactly. whatever this topic is. It seems way more complicated and involved than what I thought before And I don't really wanna do that. I want to just hand it over to this person. So that's the goal, messaging-wise, with this content. So whatever your topic is, like you're not, you know, obviously people listening aren't gonna be talking about email marketing. They're gonna be talking about topics related to their practice area and the things that their clients need and why it's important that they hire you in a very subtle and strategic way that like puts you in the light of having all those answers
1: the biggest shift and one of the hardest shifts to make it's funny that that you kind of brought this up because i was literally just on a phone call with a peer a colleague before this she's also a copywriter and you know she she's still primarily lives in just you know the, the 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 service space and she even mentioned that it's very hard to go from kind of being like in the service-based mentality of like all i do is is this i write websites i write emails like, yes that is what i do i trade my time for dollars to do that yes right yeah it's very hard to go from that kind of a mentality to Almost like the strategy mentality or the thought leadership mentality of being able to teach what you do. Yes. And when you can yeah. make that, sh- that shift, is when you start to actually attract people. Exactly.
0: Right? Exactly. Um, and, exactly.
1: And that's kind of the approach of that newsletter. And, and I think a lot of attorneys would probably have a hard time making that shift too, out of like, yeah. you know, this is what I do on a daily basis, this is how I make money, versus right. let me step, zoom out, and look at what I do. And be able to find my unique philosophy on it and teach that and, and right. educate people on why I do it this way and why it works this way and why the law right. works this way and why, you know, all this kind of stuff. So being able to make that But that's all based shift, around
0: fear that you're basically handing them your knowledge. And that's just not at all what ends up happening. You're not just kind of giving away the farm. You are... You are putting yourself in this perfect light where they're like, "Oh my gosh, okay. Now I get how complicated this is and why I should not do this myself and now I get your value."
1: Well, yeah. So, I will I will push back just a little bit. Okay. And that I think that it's perfectly okay to give away all the sauce, to give away everything, right? To teach everything Okay.
0: You know. Sure.
1: Because for for a few different reasons. One, because I think the right people who are who are going to hire you, they're not gonna to try to do it themselves. They just need to That's know that exactly. you know that you know exactly what you're talking about. And when you teach right. everything you know, as you just said, it proves, okay, this person knows their stuff.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And it's way more than I thought and Yuck. I don't want to do that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. So they are gonna so now I I see why I need to hire them and what they're gonna do for me.
1: Yeah. Flip side of that though, Karin, if let's just pretend that somebody does. You know, and and with an attorney, it's it's a little bit more complicated because it's it's actually really hard to execute this stuff on your own. Where like with email marketing, I can teach you everything and you could probably do it yourself. Yeah. But with legal stuff, it's it's pretty tough. So just assume that we teach everything that we know and somebody like eats it up. And they gobble yeah. up every word and they go do it themselves and they get a yeah. win and they actually like right. succeed doing it. Guess who they're going to tell everybody about that, that they learned it from. Exactly. You. Exactly. Right. Right. So to, right. to me, it's, it's a win win. Like it, can, yeah. it literally cannot hurt you to tell the secret sauce. That's, that's kind of the biggest beef I have with, you know, the, I don't know, the education community, the, the marketing right. community, whoever it is that, yeah. um, Yeah.
0: Yeah, well I get a similar question all the time about DIY websites like Squarespace, Mm -hmm. Wix, all of those. And for most law firms, if you are a brand new solo attorney, you're fresh out of law school and you have no money, that's probably a good option for you. But as you grow, it doesn't really, it's not really the greatest option. It's not gonna offer everything you need possibly. And so oftentimes I will have these conversations and I'll say, listen, I'm not here to tell you not to do that. Go do it. Do your yeah. own. It's, it's also yeah. like watching HGTV. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to take that wall down. <laughs> you go try yeah. that out. And let's. there's plenty of shows around how that turns into a disaster. <laughs> you know? And you I'm go. not going to, I didn't invent that idea. You go try that out. Maybe it'll work. And that's great. But I'm not going to sit here and try to convince you of something that you, if, if you've already decided that you really want to do that, go do that. But what often, often happens is they call me in six months. And this is similar. For, the equivalent for a lawyer in a law firm would be like, why shouldn't I use LegalZoom for my divorce? And it's like, okay, let's just talk about all the potential things that could go wrong oh, and no. how much that's going to cost you as compared to our services. And if you can't articulate that, then you should not be having your own firm. You should clearly be able to say what value you offer over a DIY option. And that should be an easy win. And then there's going to be clients, or not clients, there's going to be calls or inquiries that end up doing that anyway. And maybe it goes okay, but we all know probably not. But it's the same in every industry.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, the the thought of doing a divorce my own divorce through legalzoom literally right. just made me like like gave oh, me chills gosh. <laughs> Ugh, gosh i can't imagine
0: right um. exactly yeah. Exactly. But there's plenty of people out there that are like, "Ah, it's just a piece of paper. We just need to sign here and here and it's like, okay, but every lawyer is thinking about a list of reasons why." And those are your selling opportunities right there. And this is where you talk about you can, you know, pretty easily position it. And and it's the same for everything else. It's the same for when you're presenting, you know, th- those are your talking points in your emails and in kind of when you're talking to potential clients. So let's talk about building trust. And so how do you do that in, you know, you've got these newsletters, you're kind of talking about retention and keeping them around and showing value, but how do you get them to trust that you, that you do know what you're talking about and you are the right person to hire?
1: Good question. I probably said this same exact quote on the first time I was on this show. That's okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I say it all the time because it, to me, it's so, it's so important and it's so often overlooked that, and it's, trust is the currency of business. Most yeah. people, when they think about marketing, they're just like, you know, give me some tactics, right? Or, you know, give me, give me a strategy, right? Yeah. A matter of fact, I had a guy, a client, a, a, a former client of mine who, you know, sent me a DM the other day and asked me for a specific marketing tactic on something and, like, I, I even took, like, a day or two to respond because I just didn't know how to respond. And I was, eventually, I was kind of like, okay, so what do you mean, like, by attack
0: tactic?
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. But, but so, you know, no tactic or hack or strategy is really going to help, to be honest with you. Uh, yeah. Because tr- we buy from people that we trust. Trust literally yeah. is, it's, again, it's the currency of business. And so a big part of my philosophy with everything that I do with email marketing, whether it's you know, a lead magnet funnel, whether it's a newsletter, whether it's automation or like onboarding and offboarding automations, literally my focus is how can I get this person to trust me more, right? Yeah. My, I want to build a reputation with my audience of trust because I know that yeah. that is what leads them to do business with me. I know that's what right. leads them to, you know, tell others about me and, and kind of help me continue to grow my audience. So trust is, I mean, so, okay, to get practical, you asked how to how to create t- trust. So there I'm going to be like th- that
0: guy who sent you the message the other day. Okay, give me a tactic of how to do this, even though No, 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 no,
1: no, no, yeah, no, yeah. no, no, I...
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's okay. I didn't mean it like that.
1: I didn't mean it like no, that. No,
0: that's, right. okay. <laughs> yeah, um, that's okay.
1: That's <laughs> No, but there are a handful of different ways that I like to earn trust with people and that I help my clients do one is just generosity, like by offering yes. up your time or your wisdom. Um, yep. that's really an easy one, I think. Uh, and you know, it's very, to me, it's very human. It's very normal, right? Like we, yeah. we trust people who, who have helped us, who have yep. offered up their time without asking for anything in return. Right. Like I want to be yeah. clear that like we're, we don't always like marketing is not like it's not some marketing bait and switch tactic. No, I'm talking like real generosity. Like mm-hmm. offer up an hour of your time to answer people's questions for free, yep. asking up yep. in return. It's gonna position you as a trusted leader, as as a guide, as as Yoda, right? You wanna be Yoda in the yeah. story, oh, not Luke. Oh, Yes. So yes. So being generous with your time.
0: Have how many times I've had so many times where I'll have an inquiry call, they schedule it's you know, kind of like a sales call. But I get, you know, four or five minutes into it, and I realize it's not a good fit for a variety of reasons. Like, they don't have the budget. They are, for whatever reason. Like, it's just not a good fit. And, but I still know that they need some advice, and they need some help. And so I will sit... And I give them the full hour where I'll sit down, and I know this is not going anywhere. And I mm-hmm. know that this is not going to lead to a specific project, but i'll and I'll say that straight up. I'm like, listen, I stop taking notes because we're you know for 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 these following reasons. I'm not gonna send a proposal. Maybe they're not even thinking about starting a firm for a year. And so I'm not gonna send them a proposal now, but w- whatever, here's what you need to know now. And here's how I can help you now. And let's just talk this through. And this is not gonna, you know, this is not gonna lead towards a proposal. This is not gonna be, mean that we're working together. But I can't tell you the number of times I've done that. And oftentimes, oftentimes, even though at that moment, I realize we're not working together, at some point that comes back to me they send me a referral they come back for some other reason and it it's just karma i just really believe mm-hmm. that that you send these things out in the universe and it comes back
1: well it's i mean it's it to me it comes down to reputation too like yeah. when you if you build a reputation in the marketplace marketplace as a trusted guide that is 1000 times more powerful than than an audience than a following i shouldn't say an audience it's more powerful than a fo- like a follower count, more powerful yeah. than the customers. Your reputation is king in the marketplace. And so that's why trust is so important. Because it's it's just it's just a human human thing.
0: Okay. So I wanna repeat what I think you said in the previous episode and you mentioned earlier about systematically your the, the quote that I wrote down is attract, nurture and convert on autopilot so if there's nothing else that you take out of this episode this is your goal you need you have three buckets attract nurture convert but then all of them fit under the umbrella so there's three buckets maybe they're not really buckets because buckets wouldn't if they're under an umbrella like it's the visuals not working for me but and the umbrella is on autopilot so that you've got a system for it and you don't have to sit and work on it past that initial setup so we talked a lot about nurturing, like keeping those referrals happy and trusting you and all of that. And But now I want to talk about the attract element of that. And we were kind of mentioning lead magnets a little bit, maybe maybe earlier. Maybe that was before we started recording. But that attract element is the piece that so many people get stuck on and they can't Mm -hmm. quite figure this out and where do I start so I'm not really sure about it so I'm just going to go back to my referrals and I'm just going to stay in this nice little safe zone over here because the attract thing is weird and scary and I'm not quite sure how to do that so how do you Mm -hmm. do that differently and in parallel at the same time as while you're also doing the nurture piece with like your kind of past clients and your referral clients and all that stuff
1: yeah. The the attraction part is hard. It really is. Yeah. Because, and if I know attorneys well enough, I know that it's really hard to put yourself out there. And in order to attract people, you, you kind of have to. You kind of have to put yeah. yourself out there a little bit. But not in the way that I mean, right? Not in the way that, or not in the, excuse me, not in the way that you might think I mean. Not in the way that I mean. <laughs> yeah, we're exactly actually exactly in doing, the way that I mean. Yeah, seven different kinds <laughs> of smoke here. not in the way that that you might think i mean what the mistake i see a lot of i actually see some attorneys doing this and you know even other just you know kind of smaller service-based businesses is that they think that if they put out content on instagram that is like just you know like all about our law firm right like telling people about our law firm that people are going to go like oh my gosh like This is fantastic. I want to work with you. That's what my life
0: is missing. (laughs)
1: Yes. Yeah. (laughs) right. And that's just not, like, people don't, again, kind of going back to the Luke and the Yoda thing, this is a whole, this is a story brand principle I learned way back, you know, when I was a story brand guide, is that, you know, people aren't searching for, like, they they don't want another hero, right? And so if your marketing content positions you as a hero, you know other heroes the people that you're wanting to attract are going to look at it and go oh cool you're a hero too cool yeah yeah nice to see you you know but if you position yourself as a trusted guide aka a thought leader somebody who is yeah. here to help here to solve problems then you will start to attract because you're 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 speaking into you know the reasons like real life problems for them and the reasons that they might potentially you know, need you, right? And, and we don't do it from a, you know, a like shady, like we teach something and then like, like you know, bait pitch something. Yeah, it's not it's not a bait and switch kind of thing. Like yeah. if you develop a reputation on social media and in your emails as a trusted leader who is, you know, an expert or a thought leader on this one niche or topic, I actually saw a guy on Instagram, an attorney who does this really well and I should have bookmarked him because it's come up in conversations a couple times and i can't remember who he was but he had probably a couple hundred thousand followers on instagram i'll have to see if i can find him and he centered like he made little short videos every day on i think it might have been like how to resolve conflict or something like that okay yeah and and, and like that was like he just like he did that you know multiple times a week and he grew a massive audience for, from it yeah um, and so he was attracting people by solving problems for them and helping them learn how to navigate certain things
0: Well, and I wanted to come back to what we were talking earlier about blog posts. And there was one moment where I said something about how it doesn't work. And what I meant is that it doesn't work for those clients who you are nurturing. Because they're not going to go back in their lifespan. So if you kind of have that customer journey that everybody talks about, the blog posts are at the beginning of that journey. So mm-hmm. if they've already become a client and you're nu- nurturing them, that's like asking them to backtrack to way back to their like initial search. They've already found you, they're a client. You assume that those blog posts are not for them anymore. This is, you know, they are now into the category of your email newsletter or whatever other system you create for them. But the blog posts do work for this group that we're talking about now, this attract sure. group. So those are the blog posts that are positioning you as you're describing as that Yoda. You're answering those questions, you're being that resource, you're guiding them through those questions that they're searching for. And so those blog posts and the search terms and the questions you're answering should not be positioned for retention and for a client who has already worked with you. It should be positioned for the new ones the the cold leads and the Correct. people who are searching on Google. So, I just wanted to kind of reinforce that that I am not anti blog post. <laughs> I'm definitely pro blog post. Good but it's f- it's for that the right category. And like to know that as you're crafting that content and that plan, that who you're talking to is really important so Mm -hmm. okay so you've let's assume that the blog post is part of your lead magnet you've kind of got some blog posts you're answering some questions and then how do you get those people as that you're attracting how do you get them to pay attention and start the conversation
1: fantastic question that is the perfect (laughs) next question so ideally, from your blog post, you would get them onto your email list because your email list is where you can you can you can speak more directly, you can speak more intentionally, more frequently. Yeah. You can you know if you ha- if you can make offers, you can or if you have offers to make, you can make offers. You know more directly there. The, getting them onto your email list is the 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 absolute next step. And so the way, yeah. the I like to say. The the way to get people on your list is actually pretty simple. Just give them a good reason to, right? If okay. you have if you have a you know a little banner in your blog that says "Sign up to receive you know news, uh, updates, and special content from us on our newsletter." Sign up here. You're gonna get exactly zero people signing right. up for that. Yes, right? and <laughs> so
0: give me some examples of reasons that are good converting, working, compelling reasons.
1: Yeah. So either a lead magnet or a newsletter to me, uh, and this is where like a newsletter to me is a really powerful tool because it is a lead magnet and it's a long-term nurture play. So especially if you have a newsletter that is, you know, really kind of geared towards thought leadership, then you can present it like you know, me, for example, you know, sign up for, you know, for human sending emails, that's my newsletter, where each week I teach you how to uh, launch and market your product with email marketing, right? So each there week you you'll get a specific lesson on yeah. how to do that, right. And that yeah. gives people a good reason to sign up. Oh, yeah, I would I want to learn how to launch an, or launch my product better or market my product better with email marketing. Yes, I'll sign yeah. up, you know, yeah. Um, so that is Cause I
0: think that even though you said that the trust is the currency of business, I do think Email addresses are another currency because everybody's so protective of yeah. you know, wanting to keep your inbox not just constantly flow. Yes. I mean, it already is, but it's like it's a constant like flood of spam. And if it's not good and I don't know what I'm getting, I am not giving you my real email. I might give you my my other fake spammy email. My <laughs> <like Yeah>. Yahoo. <laughs> but I do think actually capturing that email is a trick and it's you know it not everybody protects it pretty well and they, as they should.
1: Yeah. But at the same time, people will definitely cough it up if it's valuable enough. It's, it's right. It's, it's a value exchange, right? The email yeah. address has some value associated with it, like currency almost. Yeah. And you know, if you give them a good enough reason to, if you, you know, promise them something, they'll give it to you for sure. I mean, yeah. you know, yeah. Justin Welsh, do you know Justin Welsh?
0: No, who's that?
1: Oh my goodness. He has like 400,000 followers on LinkedIn and like almost 500,000 on Twitter. His oh. he has he has 170,000 people on his newsletter list. Oh, and, nice. And it's it's a weekly newsletter. It's called the Saturday Solopreneur. And each week he teaches, he basically teaches a lesson on having running a solopreneur business.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: And I mean, he has 170,000 people on his list who learn from him every single week. It is yeah. like education at scale. It's his reputation at scale, right? And right. that's the power of really kind of owning something and teaching it and be, like putting out really like high-quality, thoughtful content that actually helps people is you develop a reputation like that because Justin Welsh probably doesn't do very much marketing for himself anymore. His reputation yeah. is like working for him. And and he's attracting, so, but back to the newsletter, his newsletter attracts people because it is helpful. It's very specific and it is very helpful and it helps a very specific person achieve a very specific thing. Right. Yeah. And so it attracts people. Right. It gives people like I gave, it was a no brainer for me. I was like, oh yeah, I'll, heck yeah, I'll join that. That sounds awesome. You know? And so Well,
0: and looking at people who have that level of success and they've kind of figured those things out is a really good way of getting some great ideas as well. Like, okay, mm-hmm. what are they doing? And even thinking through your own process, like, which newsletters do I love? And I see and I instantly, like, pause and, and will stop to, to read through. And which newsletters do I send into the spam folder? And what is it about each of these that... Which ones are? What are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? And I, I mean, it's it does seem pretty straightforward. Like everything that you're saying, most often it's way too salesy. And when they're doing the thing wrong, and most often the great ones are just giving you so much useful information and value. And you like stop after a minute or so reading it, and you're like, oh, there's something that I, I can do use right this. there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. There's always at least one thing that you can take and use
1: yeah yeah and that's i mean i'm telling you that's like that's the key again it's long-term nurture so it's the people who you know have done business with you or who have been in your ecosystem and never purchased before like it's for them but it's also to attract new people into your ecosystem so if you have that kind of a like a you know i guess a value proposition or not a proposition not a value proposition but like that value exchange there in your blog. Somebody's reading your blog, and you say, you know, sign up for the Saturday Solopreneur or whatever. You know, the the, the Sunday Attorney. Uh, I mean, yeah. Like, or I teach you, yeah. you know, how to X Y Z. You know, you're yep. going to get people who are like, that sounds good to me. I'll give you my email right. address, right? So then, when they right. get on your newsletter, they they jump into your regular cadence again. If it's you know once a week or every other week or once a month, doesn't matter. You know, whatever is feasible for you then that is your chance to assert your, like kind of establish yourself as their trusted leader when it comes to this topic. And that is really yes. your goal to position yourself that way. That way, if you're showing up consistently, they may not be ready to buy from you yet, but if you show up consistently and you own this one space and you kind of, you know, you become known as the go-to person for this thing, guess who they're going to remember when the time comes? And exactly. Exactly. So that's really kind of the the goal with that, for sure.
0: That's the key, yeah. And for so many different practice areas, that's really important. They may not need your services now. I feel like divorce is a great example of that, where they're just kind of going through that thought process. And it may not be now, it might be six months from now, but you are establishing yourself as the expert and the go-to person for whenever they decide to pull that trigger. So
1: that's a great that's a great example. Why don't we talk about that for a little bit? Like, let's pretend that, you know, this isn't a a divorce attorney. And what would a newsletter look like for somebody like this? Should it? Oh, yeah, this is perfect. Should it just be like the divorce chronicles, where you just talk about divorce every week? Probably not, right? Because if you think about it, you're not necessarily going to attract, like, you're not looking for people who are probably already considering divorce. This might be a little right. paradigm shift here. You're looking for people who like are struggling in their marriage, right? Yes. Yes. And so there's a big difference there, right? So yeah. what I would probably suggest in that regard is maybe, you know, a newsletter about how to navigate, you know, difficult difficult times in marriage. Relationship. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, y- and you want to be careful, like you, like you're not a relationship coach, you're not like no. a counselor or anything like that, but no. So you know there is a little bit of a tricky line there, but you know you want to kind of meet people with like what is their aspiration, what do they really want out of yeah. out of life, and that relates to the thing that I offer. Yeah. And how can I help people progress towards that every week, and then right. you know position yourself as you know the the next step. And, you know, when you need it, you know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Can I give you an example of what I think is an example of what not to do that I just saw? I think it was yeah. yesterday on Instagram. What It was actually another divorce. Journey. I don't know why this the topic is like the, the one to, for the day. And her whole approach was talking about like examples of crazy things that had happened, things that like. And then there was a second example of another divorce attorney that was talking about like really sad scenarios of mm. like these fan you know and it's like wh- where do you think that people's heads are going to be at af- at the end of your little quick video or your reel or your tiktok where they're talking you're talking about these crazy like crazy things that Obviously, they represented the other side in that divorce case. And the spouse, that person's spouse had, you know, I don't even remember exactly what the the example was that the spouse had done. I just remember thinking, I don't feel like this makes me want to hire you. <laughs> and it yeah. doesn't make me think positively about you because it's sort of gossipy. And yeah. And then the other one that was super sad scenarios of like, you know, they were kind of talking about all this sort of abuse that was happening in different relationships and these examples of, and I was like, yuck, you know, I don't want to think about that either. And I get that on some level, you're talking about how you are bringing people out of those sort of situations, but it wasn't done very well. And it just made me feel sad, and then the other one made me feel like I was um, listening to gossip. and yeah. neither of those positioned either of those attorneys very well. It made them seem kind of slimy.
1: yeah, yeah. so one example of somebody that I've worked with who is a divorce coach, she just to continue the conversation since we're on it you know we I helped her develop a lead magnet funnel, which is basically yeah. like you know a lead magnet is. I'll give you my email address. You give me this this content, you know, and, yeah. and exchange, right? I think everybody knows what a lead magnet is at this point, you know. And and we were very per- careful about how we approached it because we didn't want, like, we didn't want to come across like we were trying to convince people to get a divorce, right? Like, yes. Not like you, like you obviously have to be careful because there are some ethical lines yeah. that you toe there. Sure. So what we did, and we also decided that like. You know, it's probably best, and and a very similar thing to you know what I just said is that like we don't necessarily want to just only speak to people who are like in the process of getting divorced, right? Like, yeah. like that's gonna be that's gonna limit the field so much because a lot of people, especially in that situation, aren't really sure about right. Know, they're just kind of in this weird limbo, probably right, and maybe they're sure. contemplating it. So we decided to go at you know to really kind of target people who maybe were like at the point of decision or nearing that point of decision, right? So we created yeah. this this six or seven day video mini course called "Should I Stay or Should I Go," and it was oh, a very nice. honest, like a very honest, like you know, program of like helping them navigate this decision. And at the yeah. end, should you decide to stay or should you decide to go, like like literally whatever is best for you, we just want to help you yeah. make the right decision. And yes. if you decide that you want to Get a divorce, that is the only option for you. Yeah. I've got an offer for you there, right? Yes. If you decide yeah. to stay too, like, you know, I've got some resources for you that can help you kind of work through, you know, your marriage and like like we're here yeah. for you either way. But if you decide yep. that you want to get a divorce, you know, yeah. we are here to help you navigate it because it's messy. So that's kind of how, you know, my approach to attracting people is to kind of meet them where they're at and yeah. what you know they're really kind of dealing with and what they want. Um, yeah. the most. Well, and- that ties
0: back to the idea of generosity that you mentioned earlier. Yeah. And then the other thing I wanted to mention that I don't want to spend a lot of time on because it's a little bit of a left turn is this idea of quizzes. And I have what what is technically a quiz on my site that talks about marketing budgets and how do you determine the right budget for your firm and all of this stuff. And basically, you know, you fill out you go through a sequence of questions, which is the quiz, but the thing that you're describing where should I stay or should I go, that could also be a quiz where they kind of go through a set of very like, well-crafted questions and maybe it's over a series of, of you know, different times like let's you know do this 3 or 4 times over the next quarter whatever that might be but that is very easy to then translate into an email sequence and follow up and nurture and It has super good responses because people don't feel like they're just, it feels like a conversation. It feels like I'm kind of telling you something and then you are telling me more about myself based on that answer. So I highly recommend rethinking the idea of a quiz in terms of what makes sense for your firm, which seems weird and backwards until you figure it out. And then it's all of a sudden really can be really successful. Okay. So it's time for the book review We I feel like we could talk about all of this, all of the different kinds of lead magnets and email options and nurturing forever, but exactly. But what's the book that I I know you had a really good one last time when you were on the show and you have a good one that is related as well today. So tell us about, about your book, the second book that you're going to add to the library.
1: So that would be Marketing Rebellion by Mark Schaefer. I'd I'd show you a copy of it, but it's packed away in storage right now. But that is literally, literally, I would say, my favorite marketing book of all time. There's lots of marketing books out there. This one was one of the two most pivotal marketing books in shaping my philosophy, really. So the whole premise of Marketing Rebellion is basically can be boiled into one sentence, that the most human the most human brands are the ones who are going to win in the marketplace moving yes. forward. And I mean, I don't really need to tell you much else about the book because it's, it's all about, you know, having, taking a very humanized approach to the way that you present yourself online and the way that you show up, you know, and, and interact with people. And as you can probably imagine, that greatly influenced the way that I approach email marketing and trust and yes. generosity and, you know, showing your face and, you know, Putting yourself out there and just being a person, right? Because we yep. long to connect with other human beings, not faceless corporations, right? And so, yep. when we go back to that social media that I was talking about earlier, how you know a lot of companies say, like, let's just talk about how great we are and show pictures of our building and you know all this kind of stuff, and, and nobody really cares about that, right? Like, they want to connect no. with you. They want to hear from you and learn from you and, you know, feel like they know you because people will yeah. buy when they feel like they know, like, and trust you. So
0: yes. right, I could go well, on and, and- I also wrote down the three, according to Bard, the three trending topics around email marketing that we're not even going to get to. But of course, one of the top three is AI. And I feel like that ties right in with everything you're saying. So many people feel like it's this shortcut. They can quickly just use AI. And there are so many things that are great about AI, but it is not the answer if you're trying to be human. And Mm -hmm. so, you know, you need to add that human layer on top of AI. I've had a lot of clients that think that they can just use chat GPT to rewrite all their blog posts and that's not working for them. (laughs) And, you know, good luck. I I hope you enjoy that rough lesson that you're going to kind of go through. But the beauty of this idea of marketing is that there's no piece of technology that's going to change that. You can support being a human through AI and systems and, you know, all of that stuff, but you can't change being a human with AI, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And there's, there's a way to use AI. I mean, I, I helped launch a course yeah. recently that is really, it's a really, really good AI course. It's an AI course, an audience growth course kind of combination. But he really teaches you how to use AI to not sound like a robot and to actually write. yes some compelling content so there's a way to well, use ai the yeah, yeah there's a way to use ai i mean it's it's definitely not a, a bad thing in my opinion i don't really use it no but you know you have to kind of dig in and learn how to do it right
0: Exactly. It's like everything else. It's like having a really fast car. Like you're not going to drive through your neighborhood at top speed. I feel like that's not great. The greatest analogy, but you know what I mean? Like you, you have to be careful with it and do it thoughtfully and add your own brand and layer on top of it so that it doesn't like destroy everything else that you've built and all your messaging and positioning and, and all the human stuff that you've already done. Awesome. Sure. All right. Well, Jeff, what is one big takeaway that you'd like to I feel like this was a very different conversation than the first time. And you know, there was so much thought and strategy and but also some good tactics in there too. So what's the big takeaway that you'd like people to get from this episode?
1: I really would love for if you are listening, and you've made it this far, I would love for you to really <laughs> consider how you can be position yourself as a thought leader. So this is a little bit yeah. more outside of like email marketing strategy or tactic, uh, if that's what you're hoping to get, I'm sorry, but how to position yourself as a thought leader in the marketplace on social media. Um, because going all the way back to the beginning of the conversation, we were talking about referrals and having a business that's built primarily on referrals and how it's scary to you know not have a diversified source of leads. The more that you can learn how to position yourself as a thought leader online, and show your face, and teach what you know, and own some you know corner of the market, the more you're going to be able to attract, nurture, and convert uh, your own leads, your yeah. own clients. That's really kind of the key piece to being able to do that. So if you if you build, you can build all the email marketing systems you want, and if you don't really learn how to do that well it's not gonna be as effective. And so my biggest takeaway for you is to really consider how you can position yourself and and find your unique corner of the market and really own something and become a thought leader.
0: And maybe you're struggling with that, but we could help too. So maybe that's like you've got some ideas around that, but you need support. And once again, like I don't change my own oil; like I go to the guy who knows how to do that. So maybe you look at that and you're like, okay, that is really what I need. And so we're here for that. We, we we've got your back if you if you need us to help for for that, we're, we we can do that. Talk. Um, Jeff Felton is an well, I was going to say an email marketing specialist, but I I think it's more like the welcome sequence specialist, right? Is that the title that you prefer?
1: I just don't call me late for dinner. That's all I say. Like, <laughs>
0: that's awesome. You can
1: call me whatever. That's the perfect I mean, title. <laughs> yeah, you can call me whatever. But awesome. yeah, I, I, I've branded myself a little bit as the welcome sequences guy. And that's how a lot of people know me. So,
0: Okay. Well, I will say, though, that your LinkedIn, I know you focus a lot on Twitter, but your LinkedIn content is amazing. So we will link to all of your profile and all of the good stuff on the show notes and the page. And so I highly recommend that people go check that out and find some other great tips because, you know, we're already going a, a long show and it could go way longer with all of the other good content that you've got on LinkedIn, but we're not going to do that. People need to go and find the good stuff themselves. So,
1: yeah, we'll just have to come so, back for one more episode. We'll do it again.
0: Exactly. We'll do this kind of like semi annually. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I like it. Fi- figure that out. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for this. That was such a good episode. Thanks so much for being here.
1: Of course. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to this episode of the CouncilCast podcast. Be sure to visit our website at council-cast.com for the resources mentioned on the episode and to give us your feedback. If you enjoyed this episode, I would appreciate it if you could rate and review the podcast on Apple and subscribe to your favorite podcast platform. See you on the next one.